Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Welcome to Overnight America with Ryan Recker on KMOX. Sponsored by Michael's Flooring, the flooring experts, michaelsflooringoutlet.com. It's that time of night, you can't stay up tight. So come and join the people and I'm feeling all right. We run away. America. All right. Yes, the last hour of the show. Always a little bit goofier. It's kind of like a roller coaster where we start to climb the hill and then all of a sudden the last hour of the show hits. We're all downhill and then it gets a little bit crazier at that point. If you want to call in, you can 314-436-7900. Saw that Pepe Le Pew will not be making an appearance in Space Jam 2. I wasn't planning on watching Space Jam 2. I'm so turned off by all of this stuff. And I, I just don't feel like uh, anything LeBron James right now is going to be entertaining for me. I just I'm so done with all of this. And it's such a waste of opportunity because you look at the original one with Michael Jordan and what a beloved kids movie. Bill Murray and everyone else included in it. Charles Barkley. And you think about just the fun of the idea of it. And it's a dumb movie. There's nothing special about it, but it's just something that is special to us because it just was on at the right time. And I have no intention of watching the new one. So this doesn't really affect me, but the whole Space Jam, a new legacy, uh, the director said that they have cut a scene with Pepe Le Pew because, well, um, Apparently, he's not making the appearance because they said Pepe was set to appear in a black and white Casablanca-like Rick's Cafe sequence. Pepe, playing a bartender, starts hitting on a woman at the bar played by Santo. He begins kissing her arm, which she pulls back, then slamming Pepe into the chair next to hers. She then pours her drink on Pepe and slaps him hard, sending his spinning stool uh, which is then stopped by LeBron James' hand. So they apparently thought that was no good because, hey, without consent, kissing of the hand of a cartoon character was just too much to bear. So that is gone. <laughs> no longer in there. I'm sure these directors, 
in these editors of these movies as they start to put these different films together. Love the idea of last minute revisions based on what the demands of pop culture and the 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 mob that's out there, the anger mob are going to dictate to them exactly what they need to do to their artwork. I'm sure they love that. <laughs> love it so much. And another one, too. Uh, so that one was from IGN. This was being reported by The Sun, and I've seen this in other places. Disney Plus is going to be pulling movies like Dumbo, The Aristocats, and Peter Pan from the kids section because the racist stereotypes that are involved inside of those. So they talk about the different things that have been depicted in those old movies, and they said, well, that's no longer kid-friendly. We need to pull this immediately. When looking for a comment... They, of course, went to the source Bigfoot to see what he thinks. Oh, so he gives that one whoop. Don't exactly know what that translates to, but I feel like where we're at when it comes to revising all of these things, everything's going to be guilty of something at some point. Everything is. The, the, nothing. And, and the problem, too, is that if you're looking for a problem, you're going to find it. And if they're looking for a problem, they're going to find something in anything. It just depends on which way the wind blows and what they want to go after. And it may seem absurd at first, like, oh, who would think that? That's how all of these things start. Ah, oh, who would think that way? And if you ever find yourself getting overly offended over something when you really shouldn't, I mean, there's one thing you could easily do. Just slap yourself in the back of the head and say, don't think this way. Don't be part of this, oh, I'm always looking for a problem type of mindset. This, oh, I always got to find a problem type of way that we live today. And we're always out there trying to find things to be a victim of. Oh, that, that made me feel so angry. I'm shaking. Now I'd have to go out there and make sure no one else in the world can see Pepe Le Pew from the movies that are coming out. Uh, Dr. Don Vaughn is joining us. Oh, how about this? By the, let me just point this out real quick. I, for As woke as LeBron James is and all the uh, big NBA stars, he f uh, filmed that scene. He knew exactly what he was doing. You're saying that LeBron James knew that Pepe Le Pew, who tries to force himself on these uh, characters, was in this movie and he was okay with it? Tisk tisk. LeBron James has got to be part of the problem. Maybe he'll be canceled next for allowing this in the movie he was starring in. It's almost like he was normalizing this sort of culture. <laughs> this is how stupid people think when it comes to jumping to these sort of things. So if you uh, if you want to live by that, kind of like the LeBron James way, maybe you die by that, too. You know, you live by it, you die by it. And this could be the thing. Probably not. It seems like you'll get a free pass for just about anything. But that type of thinking is the way that uh, people go out there always trying to find problems to solve that aren't really problems. All right. So Dr. Don Vaughn is someone that looks at data all day, kind of like the matrix. He sits in his chair and it's all ones and zeros for him. And he's someone that is done different polling. He's done different polling here in St. Louis and nationally. And really what is the future of data? We're going to talk to him about that coming up after the break on overnight America KMOX. Listening to KMOX has never been easier. Siri play KMOX. Welcome back to Overnight America. I'm your host, Ryan Recker. And joining us now is the head of product for Invisibly, Dr. Don Vaughn. Thanks for coming on to KMOX. What's St. Louis like in the data game today? It seems like it's a growing industry in the city. Yeah, you know, our, our founder of our company, uh, of Invisibly, he's Jim McKelvey. He founded Square. He's, a, you know, a big name in St. Louis. And he's really done a lot of work to bring technology to St. Louis. And Invisibly is no different. 
That is really cool. What kind of things are we researching out of St. Louis with Invisibly? Yeah, I think what people have realized over the last couple of elections is that how polling works and how market research is done is um, completely broken. If you look at the, some of the predictions about what the Trump-Biden race was going to shake out both in 2020 and how it looked in 2016 as well, polls are off by, I think the CNN poll I saw most recently was off by 17 points. And so uh, what Jim came up with the idea is that we should be giving people control back of how they answer surveys and respond and just deal with their data online. So what Invisibly does is we're a, a polling company and we allow anyone to do market research out there and ask anyone online their opinion about things. And in this case, um, a lot of what we've been doing has been we've had a lot of success in the political sector asking, hey, who are you going to vote for? Uh, and then when you actually ask people that in a way online on, on websites, you find you get really accurate results. We actually predicted the 2020 presidential race within four electoral votes. Hmm. Wow. You're based here in St. Louis. And when did you guys start up? That's right. We're a couple years old. Um, it's about three years that we've been developing this type of technology. Um, it's just come to life, though, in the last six months. You know, when you do technology, it sometimes takes a little while to get it right. And uh, now the polls are showing that we have got it right. Cool. So when I when I hear about this, I think, OK, this is kind of fun. People like to go online and they like to see what the predictions are, what the polls are, particularly around presidential elections. But what's the day to day type of usage for something like this? So would you market this mostly to large companies who are trying to get a better idea of how to market themselves or is this used for something else? Yeah, that's exactly right. It's it's a, uh, what we do is any kind of market research that companies want to do, any questions they might have about consumers. If you're in the age of COVID, you certainly can't get people to show up in person. Um, but if when you when you do things online and you want to do research, um, sometimes you have to you pay people a lot of money. They show up to focus groups. Maybe they give you an honest answer. Maybe they don't. And so what we've developed is technology that can be shown to any American on any website. And you can target it down to specific locations, but you can ask any questions. And so we see businesses wanting to understand other things like how do my or is my messaging coming across and my values? And so we discovered that. Um, Chick-fil-A has a, has a lot of um, love for their brand. And even McDonald's has had the surprising uptick in um, how people perceive their jobs in McDonald's careers. And it turns out they've been putting a lot of dollars into that. So we're basically just trying to ask people questions and see, is there anything um, that you want to know and ask consumers? And we facilitate that in terms of a survey. Mm, I love their chicken minis at Chick-fil-A. They are so good. <laughs> so that's where it all starts. If you got a good breakfast sandwich like that. Uh, but I also wonder, too, square. about when <laughs> when someone is approached to do these surveys, you know, that they're a little standoffish. Like, I don't know if I want to do that. Yeah. Just like it's like when you go on YouTube or whatever and it gives you an option to skip the ad, people skip the ad. So how do you get people that actually want to engage in this sort of thing so you're getting an actual honest response so you know that the data you're receiving is actually accurate? You know, I had the most interesting experience, Ryan, which is we didn't even develop this technology to do political polling or it was really just a way to get feedback from people online. But what we found was that, I don't know if your audience knows this, how a lot of political polls are done is they literally call people's landlines mm -hmm. or they robo-dial their mobile phones. And I don't know about you, but I'm not picking that up. And if I am, I'm going to lie about what's happening because why are you robo-calling me on my phone? I don't need any more spam. So we know that how market research is done right now is was just completely broken. So we've, we've sort of shifted paradigms, and it turns out that people do want to if you ask them in a non-intrusive way, just as they're reading content, 
it's not a pop-up. We just, you might, uh, we might appear on a, on a website in the corner and we might ask you, are you voting for Trump or Biden? Are you going to take the COVID vaccine or not? Which by the way is about 50, 50. Um, mm-hmm. But it's unobtrusive. You can continue reading. You don't have, no one's calling your phone. No one's blowing you up. It feels very anonymous. I think again, being called on your phone feels very personal. Uh, you have my phone number. How did you get it? Versus this is just a simple question online. And when you ask people in more of a friendly and anonymous manner, you actually get a pretty high engagement rate. Yeah. And the thing, too, you know, being in the radio industry, much like TV and I'm sure other industries, too, there's a lot of methodology that goes into trying to figure out Mm -hmm. how many people listen Mm -hmm. to us and things. And there's always like on the back end, the radio industry or the TV industry or even movies and all of that. They have different metrics that they like to try to apply and try to understand these sort of things. There's all these different tricks that uh, you try to use or whatever. But I, I think about the way websites in this type of polling works and how difficult it must be because we're so fragmented in the type of things we search for, at least when it comes to my industry in talk radio and news. I think about if you're on a website that's, you know, Fox News versus MSNBC, you're probably more likely to get different results in answers based on the same question, depending on even just the site you're at. So that's got to be hard, I think, to zipper together and try to mesh to make sure you're getting all of the right demographics that would kind of spread out over all of these different types of sites. Yeah, spot on. I mean, that's a lot of the problem with most market research is if you go pay somebody 50 bucks to sit on your panel and give you feedback, that's not really representative of most Americans. Like those are people who are out there trying to make money for focus groups um, and nothing wrong with that, but don't pretend that it represents everybody's opinions. And the same thing when you call people's landlines for polling predictions, people who have landlines is not everybody in America by far. And the same thing with <laughs> robocalls. So there's all these problems. So, you know, my background is a scientist and I spent a lot of time thinking about, well, how are you going to ask people in a way that gives you a, you know, an unbiased response. That's the deep question in all of this is I want something that represents my true audience. So what we do is um, if you do show things on Fox or or CNN, you are going to get biased results. Clearly no, no concern about that. But what our technology does is we actually have the ability to do these market research surveys across thousands, tens of thousands, even hundreds of thousands of different websites. And so what, what really it's about is it's about Ryan scale you have to, if you ask enough people in enough varied conditions, you're going to get all sorts of biases, but that ends up canceling out. And we end up being able to predict the electoral college within four votes. And we predicted just locally close in St. Louis. We predicted the only person that I'm aware of that actually predicted Tashara Jones. And we got her within two percentage points of what actually mm. uh, the turnout was. Dr. Don Vaughn, Invisibly's head of product, joining us here on KMOX. They're a St. Louis-based startup. So let's talk about that in particular, the St. Louis mayoral race. And a lot of people looked at Lewis Reed and some of the other polls out there predicted that he would take it. He's got the name recognition. He's the board of aldermen president. So he had what seemed like an advantage. But when you did this poll, what were some of the things that you think you did differently in order to make your poll more accurate? We employed our new survey technology, which no one else is doing. It's, it's really, we're in the digital age. We can't pull like it's the 1960s. And so we have this new market research technology that we apply to polling. And we had a much, that let us get a much larger sample size. So the other sample, the other, you know, the Missouri Scout, for example, was 500. We got 2x that in terms of the numbers of people that we got. We were able to run it really close to when the actual um, election happened so that we had something that was up to date. Uh, there's no lag there. And what that allowed us to produce is that we got Tashar Jones at 35% and she came in at 37. Uh, another interesting thing that no one else picked up was that we saw that Kara Spencer 
was going to come in second place. And Lewis Reed was in a uh, third place position. And that was uh, contrary to both of the other polls that I'm aware of that are actually out there. So they, they missed the first place and they missed the second place. Why are we still using outdated technology? So when you do something like that, are you specifically only looking at the city of St. Louis or do you cast a little wider net to see what the outlining area may have to try to understand certain patterns? Yeah, um, we only do we only do people who are eligible voters uh, or registered and are in the local geographic uh, area. We're able to to address our surveys to only people who are in the the, uh, area. So So when you do something like yeah, I was going to say, mostly to get them enticed to take a survey like this, are they able, do you find that most people are more inclined to just do it out of the sake of doing it because, you know, they're online, they're bored, they got a little extra time, or do you have to, like, bribe them a little, like, hey, you're in the running for a <laughs> gift card, Dapplebee's, or something like that? <laughs> no, I just think, you know, Jim is the one who got me enrolled in this company and this startup and this vision of just, like, the Internet's broken. Like what people are, there's just no respect for people online. You get stalked with ads. People are, you know, Facebook's making tons of money off you and showing you posts to try and get you to stay up and click longer. And so we don't play that game. Our mission at Invisibly is to empower people with their data. And this is just a nice, simple way of, we just ask them. We don't say you get three confetti explosions for every answer that you give. You, hey, who are you going to vote for? Are you interested in being part of the conversation? We'll respect your responses goodbye. We're not going to attach it to your voter file and track you for decades. You know, I don't know if you guys have seen this. We do work with people and there's, um, you know, when they come at it from their angle, it's okay, here's this person's first name, last name, um, address, their probable voting history in the previous elections. Here's how they answered all our questions in the past. Here's uh, their ethnicity inferred based on their name. Like, I think people are rightly suspicious. When you get called on your personal phone, um, people know things about you. And we're just taking a much more respectful approach because this polling and market research is kind of our first endeavor. You know, we have the success in being able to do market research better and faster than anyone else. But the bigger play, Ryan, is we are on a mission to take back control of people's data for them. We want people to be in charge of what they have online. And we're releasing a product next month, actually, that will allow you to just make money from your data uh, rather than Facebook and Google. And there was a lot of talk during the 2016 election about that Canadian data firm, and they're slipping my mind right now, but people do have a lot of concerns. What was that? Are you thinking, is it Killy? No, but it was the one that uh, later had a lot of uh, questions about the information they use. I think they were more intertwined with Facebook and the way that they were trying to probe information Mm -hmm. that were being used on some of these apps. People didn't know this data was being mined by them. It was real questionable. So people do have a better understanding of how their data is being used, and they are skeptical. They don't want to be the product, I guess. So. When you yeah. do something like this, there you, you realize that people do have their guard up. And how do you just how do you try to put their guard down, make it so it's a little bit safer, so they don't feel like they're constantly going to be bombarded with spam for the rest of their life by filling out one thing? Yeah, you know, well, we don't ask for any information from people. Um, we don't I like it to contact them in the future. I don't ask you for your email. I don't ask you for your phone. I can ensure that you only take the survey once, and that's there for the accuracy. But who are you going to vote for? How likely are you to vote? Are you a registered voter? Um, things like that. And that's that's the end of it. 
That makes it easy enough. So it's interesting because I know there's a lot of companies that are always interested in this sort of thing. What do you do? Do you go market yourself to different large companies and things, or do people come to you? I'm just kind of curious the the process of how this normally works. Yeah, we're still, I got to be honest, Ryan, we're still figuring that out, which is uh, we now have what I, you know, this technology just predicted the presidential race more accurate than any other poll out there. I mean, no one got it this, this close. Uh, even the 538, which aggregates everybody else's polls, missed it big time um, mm-hmm. because they just aggregated a bunch of biased polls. So no shocker there. But so we're just kind of doing interviews like this to get the word out that there's a new way of doing business um, that doesn't rely on yeah, technology from the 1960s. There's this thing called the Internet and uh, polling has changed and improved and any kind of market research can be done. You know, we can turn surveys around in two days. And so we're just talking about it. And um, so we are getting a lot of leads organically. But we can't argue with results at the end of the day. Yeah. I'll say that I, I, we got a lot of crap, Ryan, from um, the institutions. And that's what happens when you have a startup is you have to break through these old school things. So I've been fighting with the Washington Post. They don't want to list us as an official, um, you know, uh, validated uh, provider and pollster because we use technology and methods that they don't agree with because it's not the standard. And I'm sitting there thinking your gold standard is garbage because it didn't work. (laughs) I don't care about the methodology. Look, I mean, it's ridiculous, but like at the end of the day, if I had a magic eight ball and I clicked it and it always predicted the next president, it doesn't really matter if we do the, the demographic rebalancing according to your method or another method. It just doesn't matter. So we're just in this battle. Um, and that happens. And at the end of the day, if you want accurate results, come to us. And if you want something that's, uh, old school, go with somebody else. I like that. You know, it's the, you're not going to make friends. You go into some of these more traditional ones and saying everything you've come to know to be true is garbage. Uh, one other thing real quick. Yeah. I'm curious <laughs> as a startup here in St. Louis with invisibly, how many employees are there? 25. Great. That's awesome. You guys planning on expanding yeah. in the future? Yeah, we're get, I mean, we're just, we're having great success with this. All the polls we're doing so far, um, you know, have just come out really really well i mean i again i didn't even i didn't even intend the technology to be used for political polling it was just as a scientist i was like how do i measure if i'm accurate or not i can't tell about you know chick-fil-a's how much people love it i don't know what the truth is but i know the truth in polling and so it's been this really great benchmark to prove objectively that we are better than other people so we're getting we're getting a lot of influx and uh we're and we're now in this phase of expanding like i said because we're moving beyond polling to what if you wanted to make, you know, you respond to one of our surveys, would you also like to make money off those responses by uh, taking control of your data and either licensing it out because you're interested in things or not? So that's this next phase for us. Of, it's your data. You own it. Google doesn't own it. Facebook doesn't own it. And we don't own it. What do you want to do with your data? It's powerful. Uh-huh. You know, that's interesting. So how about you take it a step further? And once you have the rights to someone's data, then you can defend them in court as they sue a Google or Facebook to say they are improperly using data that (laughs) someone else has the rights to. And next thing you know, you're taking back people's uh, data, kind of like these life locks and things when it comes to like social security numbers. So they'll alert you when someone's using your data inappropriately. And you could go out there and say, that's right, we'll defend you for a company that's using it in a way that they're not licensed to. So you can make, uh, you know what, you got to hire a bunch of lawyers for that. That'll be the next thing. Uh, Dr. Don Vaughn, by the way, people wanted to find out about Invisibly. How can they do that? If you just go to Invisibly.com or you can check out some of our social accounts at Get Invisibly and uh, you'll have all the full results of our polling and uh, other COVID vaccination and type surveys there. You'd be a hero if uh, you could litigate people's freedom when it comes to uh, data. Well, you know, that's a... I- 
that's a step on you, but you're actually not that far from what our from where we're looking at, which is we do think people need to use your data ethically, or they should have lawsuits yes. filed against them. Yes. All right. We'll have to bring you back on soon. I love this. All right. Dr. Don <laughs> Vaughn, thank you so much for coming on to KMOX. Thanks for having me, Ryan. Dr. Vaughn is the uh, head of product of Invisibly. You can look them up online. He joins us on the Bomberito Automotive Group guest line on Overnight America KMOX. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Cardinal Spring Training is underway in Jupiter, Florida. And KMOX's Mike Claiborne is covering it all. Hear his daily reports, mornings and afternoons, and on Cardinal's Open Line. Sponsored in part by Norm's Mark and Barn and Wilkie Windows. On your voice in the St. Louis Cardinals, KMOX. Oh, welcome back to Overnight America. If you go back and listen to the podcast, you can listen to a full hour of Bigfoot talk, or you can just wait because it'll be the first replay hour that'll be popping up here right after midnight. So we do four hours live, and then after midnight, we hit up the replay archives, or you could just go download it and listen to it on your own time. That's kind of a nice thing to do. Stan Courtney did a great job, I thought. I didn't get a chance to ask him if he liked those beef jerky ads with Bigfoot. I also didn't get a chance to ask him if uh, Bigfoot is next to get vaccinated and how that's going to work with the rollout. I think he would know best, wouldn't he? I would think he would know best. A few things I wanted to get to, one of which is the stimulus update, which we'll talk about here in a moment. But I, I wanted to point out just what's going on with this royal family and the news coverage of it. And I thought this was a fascinating look from newsbusters so they wanted to know what did the royal coverage of this interview with oprah get versus something that's i mean a lot more serious i mean what we're talking about is real news and we could talk about governor andrew cuomo who has what is it up to six women now that have accused him of of um not sexual assault but well, i guess in some cases it would be assault if unwanted kisses and things like that but uh, sexual harassment is probably a better way to look at it. So that's a pretty serious thing. And of course, the nursing homes and the problems with New York and putting vulnerable old ladies back into nursing homes where they are more vulnerable and susceptible to catch this COVID. Not good. So let's see how the news handled this, because you would think the governor of a giant state the governor that has a lot of influence, someone that is looked at as one of the star Democrats, would be able to get a lot of uh, coverage on something like this. 
ABC World News Tonight refused to give the story any consideration Monday evening as they spent four minutes and 52 seconds on the British royal family and forgot about Andrew Cuomo. Isn't that something? You have more women coming forward, more pressures, and there's even a thought that the FBI is investigating this nursing home problem. CBS Evening News dropped any mention of Cuomo's nursing home deaths and cover-up scandals and instead just spent a couple of minutes uh, giving an update there. Uh, they spent two minutes and 33 seconds about the former Royals, Meghan Markle. They talked about the latest Cuomo accusers, and they gave it uh, one minute, 59 seconds. So less time than the Royal interview. Which one do you think would be more important to talk about? NBC Nightly News the Network spent only one minute and 50 seconds on the Cuomo scandals. And then they spent six seconds of the total time with the nursing home problem with the Royals. They gave it two minutes, 42 seconds, much more time there. So all of the major news networks decided that the Royal interview with Oprah was more newsworthy and worthy of their time than the nursing home deaths in New York City, the potential of a FBI investigation into Andrew Cuomo and his handling of it. To the women that have been accused and uh, accused him of it. Now, I think it's up to six, all of which they spent last time. OK, that's not good. That's not a good look for the news networks and the priority that they're setting forward. I know a lot of people are talking about the Oprah interview, but is the Oprah interview more newsworthy than an elected official, the governor of New York and all of the things that are surrounding him right now? I would argue that that's a little bit more important. I also wanted to uh, point out, and I thought this was interesting. There was a commentary in the media section of Fox News's website. Headline is New York Times editorial board silent on Cuomo allegations after fixating on the Kavanaugh claims. Five women. That's when the uh, article was written. Now it's up to six. So when Christine Blasey Ford publicly accused the then Supreme Court associate nominee Brett Kavanaugh of sexual misconduct in September of 2018, the left-leaning New York Times editorial board rushed to cover the story, demanding answers as Kavanaugh's career hung in the balance. And they go on to talk about all of these things. Now that you have multiple allegations, many of which have gone on record to talk about it, we've seen even some on uh, the, the news talking exactly about what happened and it's creepy okay they all of a sudden are silent so why would the new york times rush to just go out there and do everything they can during this whole kavanaugh issue but when it comes to andrew cuomo it's silent there's nothing with all of the women that have come forward alleging cuomo of sexual harassment or inappropriate advancements or touching or other problems um, that are brought along with it intimidation you know, uh, being someone that's uh, uh, the governor of New York, using your power in a way like that. So that's another question. Why would the New York Times act that way if there wasn't some sort of bias? And I think it's pretty clear that there is this giant media bias. And when people use the term fake news, what do you think they're talking about? This is just another example of it. This is a big example of it. And it's one that I think will continue to come forward. All right. One more break, and right after the break, we're going to talk about the stimulus, what exactly is going on. Wednesday, the House is set to vote on this thing. I think it'll be a party line, meaning that it'll pass through. And then what does that mean? When might you receive this check? Are you still eligible for it? Because you might not be eligible anymore if you 
maybe have some more money in your household based on the circumstances of your job over the past year. So we'll talk about that coming up right after the break on Overnight America KMOX. This is Overnight America, sponsored by Michael's Flooring, the flooring experts. Michaelsflooringoutlet.com on KMOX. All right. Well, we know that a couple of days ago that the Senate passed the American Rescue Plan. And I had to double check this. Apparently, a Republican out of Arkansas, Sullivan, did not vote on this. So the vote was 50 yays to 49 nays. All the Republicans voting no with all of this junk, this wasteful spending that's included on that the Democrats would refuse to take out. So it goes back to the House. I'm sure it'll be a party line vote. House representatives will vote on Wednesday to this economic aid package. And then it looks like it's off to the races where Joe Biden will sign it. And the other question is, how long would it take for you to get your individual portion of this? According to CBS News, let's say that if the final approval is signed the way they think it will, it'll be signed by Joe Biden. And then afterwards, by next weekend, you could even see some of this money going into accounts deposited in if you have direct deposit. And that's always going to be the quickest. If you have direct deposit, if you get a check through the mail, that's a whole different story. I mean, it's going to take a couple more weeks or whatever before they start to roll those out. Or maybe even if you don't have any of that on and you have to ask them for it afterwards, then it's going to take even longer because the whole process is drawn out. But depending on if you filed your taxes already, I don't know if you've submitted your taxes to the IRS, that's going to be a huge advantage for you if they have the most recent information. But that's what they're going on is the most recent information. I saw this too. Uh, What happens if you don't file your taxes? Some people are wondering that too. So they're going to use your 2019 tax filings, the one that they should already have on. And then if you have the 2020 that you filed already, then they'll use that one instead. But I wonder what happens. Is the IRS so busy that they're not going out there and after people? I think that's a interesting thought. I really don't know. Maybe I'll have to get a tax expert on to talk something about that. But they're pretty proud of it. Uh, Nancy Pelosi on this latest relief bill. You're just going to have to ask the virus. If it stops mutating, if it stops spreading and therefore mutating, then uh, this will be. Okay, so the question was, is this going to be the last relief bill? So you'll have to ask the virus. Is it the mask that she's wearing or is she just having a hard time speaking? Is she starting to slur her words a little? You're just going to have to ask the virus. If it stops mutating, if it stops spreading and therefore mutating, then uh, this will be. All right. So we add nearly two trillion on to debt and then the threat of it happening again and again and again. How many times are they going to have to do this? And are they going to continue to add more money going to the places where they have you know nothing to do to fight the virus. It's just more ways to launder money through Uncle Sam into their own projects. This is bad news. I mean, think of all the other things that they've jammed into this that don't fight the virus. All this foreign aid money that we're throwing out, money that could go towards abortions, money that goes towards language studies and you know arts and things that you would think, okay, why? Why is that going there? Let's give more money to the airlines or to the whatever industries. And there we are stuck into this rut over and over and over again, giving money where it doesn't necessarily do anything except help those industries that are tied to the Democratic Party. Another thing tomorrow that I want to bring up, I'm going to have a couple of guests on talking about this whole loop trolley thing. I don't know if you saw that at KMOX.com. 
talking about waste of money. So they're trying to perhaps petition the idea of the federal government giving more money to this Del Mar Loop trolley to the tune of $1.26 million. And supporters are saying that we should bring this back. We need to uh, revive it. We just need a little bit more money. That's all it would take. Well, this thing will eventually take off. It'll eventually get there. We just haven't given it enough time. We haven't given it a chance. The nice thing is, if you're trying to social distance yourself, the trolley is the place to be. I mean, you're naturally self-distancing and you're not going to be close to anyone. And then you'll get stuck on the thing for a long time, long periods of time. If the regulation is you can't be within six feet of someone for more than 15 minutes, how does that work on something like the trolley where you're forced and confined in a small area? You know, there's no air flow. I don't think there's any air. I think there's heat, but there's no air. The air is they open the windows. So I guess that kind of helps it a little bit. I I think this uh, money pit situation, a lot of people are understanding that this thing is dead. And if you go to Google, uh, if you search for loop trolley, I saw this like last week, it says it's permanently closed. And I thought, is that wishful thinking or is this true news? I think it's true news because I can't see anyone wanting to throw more money at this. So we're actually going to have a couple of guests on our friend, Tom Sullivan, who I love to bellyache about this with, but we're also going to have the chairman for the East West Gateway Council of Governments, Kurt uh, Penzler is going to join us. And part of his thing is no, no more money to the trolley. We don't want to have to keep throwing money into this giant barrel that's flaming and just immediately it burns right up. Also, when it comes to Metrolink and the issues with security guards being armed, that's still a debate. Uh, and even here in the state of Missouri, talking about individuals arming themselves, being able to protect themselves against those threats. We'll have to talk to him about that tomorrow. Well, that does it for us. We'll have the replay hours coming up next with next hour being a Bigfoot talk. I think you'll enjoy it. Ryan Wrecker Radio, if you want to look me up on Facebook, that'll be the best place to do it. Have a great night. We'll see you tomorrow. Bye. My heart beats with the lonely rain Wishing I could see your face again Change the dial on the radio Find something playing kind of bluesy and slow If things were only like they used to be We'd be lying in love tonight I wish you'd call me
Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did.